0: I'm really loving that we're doing Advent, you know? And Jason and Sarah, one of the strengths of many that they bring to this house, is a passion really for that, bringing out, you know, the, the scripture says that, that, we, that, uh, that the kingdom of heaven is like a wise man that brought out treasures new and old, as, as Jason just alluded to earlier. And, you know, it really is true that we, we, we have these treasures. It's not like God just had an idea, you know, a couple of years ago and was like, oh, maybe I'll try that. No, no. He is this amazing eternal God that says that from the foundations of the earth, Christ was crucified and that, we, that he's laid up good works for us to do even today. So he's a planner. He is a a historical, amazing God with dreams and passion and and commitment. And this kingdom that we're a part of has momentum. And and I was thinking about, because, you know, there there is a bad side of tradition um, where where it just simply becomes the traditions of men. And Jesus spoke to that. He goes, hey, don't, don't act like just the traditions of men are the same as the kingdom of heaven. Don't, don't violate the scripture so you can keep your own tradition. So obviously we can have bad traditions of men that are just you know either a moot issue or, or even negative. But then there's this other side but about the traditions of God and the traditions of man with God. And that's a whole different matter. And I, I was, as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking about, wouldn't it be horrible if all we had was just stuff that we made up last week You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be terrible? It's just like, yeah, man, like the spirit was moving and I like had this idea. So cool, right? Now, that's awesome when that happens because he is spontaneous and creative and we do create new things. But what if that was all we had? It's like an idea we had last week. Isn't it beautiful to be a part of of the traditions of God with man that we've been aware of now for over 6,000 years, that there's prophetic words that have come to pass, and a Christ who has come, and a beautiful bride of Christ, the church, and all of her glory growing and gaining in momentum and finding ways to worship the king so that we have a baton to pass from one generation to the next? And this is, this is, it, it's, it's very cool, by the way. That was a build. That was where you're like, yeah, that was your part. There's a baton to be passed from one generation to the next. Yes, it's exciting. It's very, very cool. And I think as charismatic churches, because, because we did, you know, several of us have bumped our heads against some traditions of man. It's, let's face it, it, it happens. You know, religion, it's so sneaky, you know, religiosity, just sneaks in there and sucks the joy out, doesn't it? And I realize we've, we've got into that, but let's let God heal those wounds and let's embrace the treasures, new and old. Amen. Amen? Thanks, Jason. <laughs> I'm excited that I, get to, that I get to do the third Sunday of Advent, joy. Come on. I don't know if that was on purpose, but I like it. Joy. Hallelujah. So where does this start? Let me, let me dive right in. On the third Sunday in Advent, what we do is we shift now from a tone of the expectation of Christ's coming to one of rejoicing at the arrival of God's kingdom with the coming of Christ. So Christ has come. We're, we've been calling out since, since the fall of Adam and Eve. We've been calling out, Come, oh, come, Emmanuel, come, redeem this broken, broken place. Come and make a way. And, you know, obviously, uh, God's moving in my heart in some beautiful ways as I've been meditating on this, and I about lost it during communion. But what? I mean, He made a way, guys. He made a way, he, Jesus came, he came and here we are because he came and, and he didn't wait, he came just says in the fullness of time, he came. I just wanna say right now for those of you that are in the midst of a time where it's like, when, when God, and I, I just wanna tell you, I can tell you surely and with confidence that in the same way that in the fullness of time, Christ came as a child, came and brought the kingdom, he's gonna come for you in that place. He's going to give you breakthrough in that place, and you may be waiting, but I'm telling you it's just because it's not yet the fullness of time. Wait for it. It will not tarry, though it tarries. Wait for it. He will come, just like he came, just like he's coming, and just like he's going to come. Amen? So here he comes, and and we're now shifting, and we're saying, Lord, you actually came. And so it's okay for me to have some joy about that. I didn't know that she was going to read Isaiah, so I'm going to read it again, because it's in my notes, and it's my new tradition. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the, the, zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. See, we've been born again into a kingdom. And from this time, I love this, from the, from the time Christ was born, it has been advancing. Notice Notice the end of the, of the verse here. From that time forward, even forever. God's doing this, and we're part of it. So what kind of kingdom is this that's advancing? But do you see this? It says from that time forward. What time? The time that the son was given. Jesus, when he came, the kingdom landed on the earth. Boom! And from that time, it's been advancing That's a reason for joy. Up until that point, it was just, come, Emmanuel, come. Do something. The the, the rules we have are killing us, and the devil's killing us, and death is killing us. Everywhere we turn, something's killing us. Come, Emmanuel. Come, be God with us again. We, we, We yearn for the garden. We yearn for the times when we could be with you, and see you, and behold you. Come, Emmanuel. And then he came. Then he came. And that's where we are, and it's advancing, So that's why it's it's reasonable for us to have joy. Am I too loud? Do you feel like I'm yelling at you? Okay, because I mean, I like how I sound. I like it. I just want to make sure that you like it. (laughs) So it continues, it continues. This is the kingdom that's advancing. This is, this is the kind of kingdom that's advancing. When Jesus came, he fulfilled Isaiah. And how many of you know that we are joined into the ministry of Jesus? I don't have time to go into it, but it's really good news. He said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. And he says, now I go to the Father. You're the light of the world. And the things that I've done, you'll do greater things. I'll send you the Holy Spirit. You guys finish the work until I come and complete it. Right? So this is that kingdom. So here's the commission. That we've been called into here's that kingdom the spirit of the lord god is upon me because the lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord and the day of vengeance of our god Don't you love that song Goodwill toward men, for the slave is our brother. There's no difference. We were all in bondage, and in Christ we are all set free. That's what we're doing. That's, That's the kind of kingdom. This is the inaugural speech from our Messiah, the king of the universe, when he brought the kingdom to earth and took all the authority back from Satan. This was his speech. He stood up and said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And this is what we are called to participate in. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes and, and the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. And they, those that have been called, and that's a we, isn't it? Because that's where we were when He came. So we and they, those that were desolate, those that mourned, those that were lost, those that were imprisoned, those that were, you know, us, (laughs) they shall rebuild the old ruins and they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. I just, I'm so struck with God's heart for our cities, you know, he's been waiting he has been waiting and, he, and he's looking at these desolations that have been forgotten and lost and people are looking at him and go. I don't even want to go into that part of town. I wish that town would just fall into the sea. I wish that town would get swallowed up by an earthquake. What good thing can come from that town? I take such comfort in the fact that Jesus came from Nazareth, the place where they said, what good thing could come from Nazareth? It wasn't like one guy made that up. That was the saying. What good thing could come out of Nazareth. And Jesus is dreaming over the desolations. He's, he's dreaming over our cities, and he can't wait. He just, he just can't wait, and we're a part of this. And we have reason for joy, because we're dreaming with the dreamer. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Instead of your shame... You're gonna have double honor. Instead of confusion, they are gonna rejoice in their portion. He's looking at those people in those places and he's going, You think I want this for them? You think I'm saying amen to this? That is not my heart. And I'm not gonna just restore it, I'm gonna give them double honor. And therefore, in their land, they will possess double. And read that last line. What does that say? <laughs> everlasting joy shall be theirs. Not just a little bit. Not just a moment. Not just a, here's a little, here's a dollar. Oh, wait, now you owe that guy five. No, everlasting joy It's the keep on, keep on, keep on going kind of joy. It just keeps on keepin'. It's the waters of living water. I mean, the the, the rivers of living water that flow out. Jesus said, I will give you water to drink that you know not of, and you will become, you will become a river. You will have living water that flows out of you. Not only will you be satisfied, but others will be satisfied by your joy. I I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. And my soul will be joyful in my God for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and he has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. You know, I just think about where I came from. Man, I'm struck with my salvation today. Woo! Oh, come on. How many of you are glad that you're saved? I know, all <laughs> right. Whoa, I know where I've been, and I've seen a couple of you while I was there. <laughs> and he reached in, and he took us out, and he bathed us in baptism. He redeemed us in his blood, and then he goes, I'm going to clothe you with garments of salvation. He took his robe off and said, listen, baby, you're just like me now you're just like me now, and he covered me with a robe of righteousness, a robe of this guy, with a robe of righteousness, and man, I look good. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and a bride adorns herself with her jewels, he says, I am your husband, and you will be my bride, and you are looking good. You're looking so good. Right? You look like your daddy. Say, I look like my daddy. Say it. I look like my daddy. You do. You are glorious because of what he did. This is where we are. And so we can say, I will rejoice. My soul will be joyful because he has clothed me. Because he has redeemed me. He has adorned me. He has bought me. He has brought me. He has rocked me. He didn't believe my nonsense. He just smiled and washed me. And here we are. So we have a reason. We have a reason to be joyful. For as the earth brings forth its bud, and as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. God and his kingdom, they're causing this to happen. It's happening because he's making it happen. And in this season, in this season, in this, third week, in this Advent season, in this third week of Advent, we're taking time to remember. We're taking time to remember who we are. I love the prodigal son. It says he was in there with the pigs and he's eating the slop. Well, he wants to eat the slop. He's just feeding him. He, he was so bad he wanted to eat it. It's so funny. Anyway, never mind. This sermon, this sermon right here, this one. He's eating that, and it says this. It says, and he came to himself. He came to himself. Ding. What am I doing? This is why we do these kinds of things. This is why we embrace some of these beautiful, timeless traditions of God with man and man with God is because we need to remember sometimes. I just had this beautiful sister preach to us, and in, uh, in um, Portland, I'm gonna have her come preach. Her name is Michelle Lang. Preached one of the best sermons I've ever heard. And, uh, but you know, she did something that I liked. Well, she did a lot that I liked. But she started out by saying, I come from the Bible Belt of a charismatic Pentecostal church. And so if you guys wanna give some feedback and say amen, or praise God, or encouragement like that, that works for me. <laughs> You, you don't understand. So I'm just saying <laughs> that I identify a lot with Michelle. So if you want, thank you. There we go. That's what it is. This is a house of encouragement, if anything, just for me. And when you encourage me, I preach better. I really do. I'm not going to lie. Everybody does better with encouragement. <laughs> so feel free. My favorite of all time, favorite encouragement of all time, came from Josh Davis where I was preaching. He goes, that's Bible. That's Bible. So you want to throw it of that's Bible? I will encourage it. Back to the word. For, <laughs> so God is doing this thing. This is what he's doing in our hearts. We have a reason to be joyful, Amen. We have a reason to rejoice. We have have been clothed with salvation. We have been been robed with righteousness. All of these things are happening, and it's springing forth in the nation, and we get to be the place where it springs forth. So there's a reason for joy. Amen? Are you guys with me? There's a reason, and he's doing it. Now, there's also something else going on. And I don't wanna skip over this because otherwise this just becomes a little emotional moment. Thank you for giving that to me. And, and we miss out on applying this, on allowing this to be a part of what we're doing. So, so let me talk about the other side. I'm not unaware of it. I'm not saying it's not there. The psalmist, he says this, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled and my steps had nearly slipped for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And he goes on to talk about how the wicked are just prospering. And they're prospering at the cost of the poor and the broken. And there's injustices going on. But, it, but then he takes it up towards the end of the psalm and he says, And when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. How many of you identify that, that right now in this life, there are things that are just they're too painful? You, just, you look at it and you're like, my heart is literally wrenched within me when I look at this. I look at the human trafficking. My heart breaks I look at what's happening in Syria and my heart is torn in half. I look at the I look at that city in Syria where our sisters been displaced because their city is ruined. There's no one there. You guys remember this? And they're washing up on the they're washing up on the shore. And, and most of the people, my God, most of the people are just not even doing anything. It's like, well, you picked a bad religion. Stupid. Maybe now you'll learn. What? What is happening? Why don't we care about it? These are Syrian Christians, people. We're going to love them even if they're Muslims, but I'm saying even if you had an issue with like, well, your religion sucks, they have your religion. It's broken and my heart is wrenched and we see that and we look at it and we go, how is this happening? And then we we look at systemic racism and, and how that's still wrecking people in our own nation. They're having a completely different experience and we don't even see it. And we get offended when people bring it up. We're like, what are you even saying? And it, it's heartbreaking. And I, and I don't even have time to go into abortion and, 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 good Lord, okay? So I look at this and I go, God, this is happening right now. And I think all of us do, yes? We look at the fatherlessness, And when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God and then I understood their end. And I want you to catch this. He's talking about the wicked and their end, but I also want you to see that that the end, the end, when Jesus finishes it all and comes with it all and what we're working on, that end, that's a really good end. For the wicked, it's not good, but they're going to choose it. They're going to go, I don't choose you, God. My will be done. And he's going to say, okay, thy will be done to them. And all of us are going to be going, thy will be done, Father. And he's going to go, come on in, baby. Okay, so there's a good end. There's actual justice. There's actual mercy. There's actual healing. There's actual life and life abundantly. And so our joy is not unfounded. But we have to come back into the sanctuary and here are these kinds of encouragements, or all we're going to think about are the desolate cities and the death and the injustices and those that are wicked. And I'm not saying all rich people are wicked, but I'm saying those that are in places of power and they're using it wickedly. And we, and we look at that and we go, God, how could I possibly be joyful? How could I possibly be walking around going, well, oh, the kingdom's coming, Yay! And you come back in here and you realize, oh wait, there could be more than one thing going on at the same time. It's funny how we forget that though, huh? Woo, come on. And so then we're not called to be depressed or discouraged or cynical. We're not called to be anxious about the wicked or allow the scope of the brokenness of this world to overwhelm us. We are called to trust the one who gave it all to redeem it. See, when we come back in here and we begin to look at the scriptures and we, we worship the Lord and we behold his goodness and, and, and truth, you know, let's not forget that we're refueled, refilled, refreshed with the manifest corporate glory of God that comes and inhabits the praises of his people. The infilling of the Holy Spirit, it says, be ye being filled, we're filled. We look at the scriptures and suddenly we begin to realize, wait a minute, you're the God that gave everything. And you're certainly not stopping now. I'm going to give everything and then forget. No. No, he is not going to stop until he has redeemed all things. He is the reason for our joy. We are encouraged that he is doing what only he can do. And thus we join him joyfully in his work. Encouraged that he is able to handle the impossibilities. He is limitless. Our joy is well founded. Our joy is well founded. It is well-founded. Now, I, now <laughs> you guys doing okay? Am I still keeping you? All right, do you like where we're going? Good. Listen to this quote by Andrew Clavin, author of a, a, a great book called The Great Good Thing. He was looking at the very real things of the world and, 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 and on his journey, and I encourage you to read this book. Fantastic book, but here's a quote from this, and he says this as he's beginning to realize that maybe there's something more. He says this, For years, maybe most of my life, I had languished in that typical young intellectual's delusion that gloom and despair are the romantic lot of the brilliant wise. But now I see that it wasn't so. Why should it be? What sort of wisdom has no joy in it? What good is wisdom without joy? By joy, I don't mean ceaseless happiness, of course. I don't mean willed stupidity for the sake of a cheap smile. The world is sad and it is suffering. A tragic sense is essential to both realism and compassion. By joy, I mean a vital love of life in both sorrow and gladness. Why not? The hungry cannot eat your tears. The poor cannot spend them. They are no more comfort to the afflicted, and they don't bring the wicked to justice. Everything useful that can be done in the world can be done in joy. And so, the scripture says this. First of all, we saw that our joy is well-founded, did we not? We saw what Christ has done. That's where the source of our joy is. And if that is the case, then we can follow the scriptures where it says here in Thessalonians 5, 11, and 16, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are also doing. Rejoice always Pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. See, right now in Advent, we are embracing the joy that Jesus has come that of the increase of his government and his, there will be no end. It's an advancing ongoing work in the midst of darkness. In the midst of these things, the kingdom keeps advancing. And so we, we are allowed, we are invited to join him in his joy. But we have to encourage each other because we're facing real things, saints. These aren't little pretend problems, these are big, true problems that cost the life of our savior. And so in that, we must encourage each other. So we're gonna do that today. We're gonna do that today. And and I love this quote, who I stole, and I I, I don't know, I can't uh, reference him because I've got to write his name down. But here's what he says, the third week of Advent, I'm sorry, some days we feel like the injustices in this world are more than we can handle, and some days we anguish over our sin, and others we long for the day when God will finally defeat the last great enemy, death. The third week of Advent helps us move out of these moods and into rejoicing, because God has come to save us and to be with us, and he will come again. We will see death defeated as well. What I liked about this author's words was that he said, the third week of Advent helps us to move out of these moods. Isn't it great to know that discouragement is a mood? Isn't it great to know that cynicism is a mood? Isn't it great to know that all of these things that were, they're very real, but the joy of the Lord is everlasting, says the word of God, and everything else is a mood? Come on. So we're going to pray for each other. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to, I want you to do, I want to invite you. I don't want you, but I want to invite you. Would you do this for me? You ready, introverts? I love you, I love you. Without you, we wouldn't finish anything. We just wouldn't finish anything. But I'm giving you advance warning. I should have done it at the beginning, that I want you to go pray with somebody that you don't normally pray with, okay? It could be somebody, you can pick somebody you already know, so I'm gonna meet you halfway. You can already know them but I want us to to stand up and I want you to go pray these two things with another saint, that the joy of the Lord would be released in their life. Okay, husbands and wives, I know you already know each other, but I'm asking that you would move around a little bit. All right, so I want you to share a story of joy. Here's something where I saw God come through, all right? And then the other person is gonna pray and rejoice over that, okay? The second thing is, and you, you do the sherry-sherry thing, all right, one of you shares, the other one shares, pray, pray, got it, you with me? Second one, share a place where you need God to bring joy and pray for each other that God would do it, all right? It's like, hey, here's where he did bring it and that was amazing, here's where I need to see it, here's where I need joy to come, and then you're gonna pray for each other. All right, so everybody stand up. Oh yeah, we'll get a little bit of praying music going on here just in the background. Okay, go ahead and move around, just start moving around. Find somebody, you can know them, hopefully you all know each other. But hopefully somebody maybe you've never prayed with before and unless you need to find somebody you have.